Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. We're leaving out the theorizing and exploring the strange phenomenon of being a human and a therapist. I'm Kelly, licensed marriage and family therapist, working part-time at my private practice and part-time at a community mental health agency in the Denver metro area. And I'm Abby. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and an owner of a group practice in the Denver metro area. Kelly and I are both registered play therapists, supervisors, and EMDR certified. So we're both therapists, but this is not therapy. And we're both supervisors, but this is not supervision. This podcast is purely for fun, and please refer to your state guidelines and licensing boards for any ethical concerns. And please remember to subscribe and follow our podcast and on Instagram. So come join our conversation while we explore the embodied experience of neuroscience and authenticity in the therapy room. Hi, welcome to The Whole Therapist. I'm Kelly. And I'm Abby. We're excited to have you here today. Mm-hmm. We are hoping to talk about just the theme of tension, duality, and both. Yeah, I wish there was a phrase, but those words seem to encapsulate this somatic um, like felt sense of being pulled in different directions in this season as people and therapists and trying to hold these things that usually don't go together but are together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it feels like a confusing and tumultuous year. I think as we come up on the year anniversary of COVID in the United States. Yes, here in the Colorado, Denver area, mm-hmm. it's, businesses are opening up, people are you know, going out to shops and restaurants, and the pandemic is still happening. And we're not really supposed to be going out right. and... Uh, socializing with others outside of like this kind of pod that people keep to. Yeah, like you're supposed to wear two masks or have a pod Mm -hmm. and everything is opening up. I'm so confused. (laughs) I'm like, so that's confusing. You're not supposed to see people in person if you're in private practice or, you know, mental health, community mental health, but, and, Mm -hmm. not but, and people are seeing clients in person because after a year of telehealth, like there is high acuity and some and little people especially are really yes. fragmented dissociated people or people who are enduring domestic violence in their home like really need to be seen in person. Yes. And we're being told not to do that. Yes. We've been talking this morning about recording. We were excited to record and we were reflect, reflecting on people that were in Texas and how that felt yeah. this tension in our bodies of recording while holding the just a few states over what folks are experiencing right it's a strange it's it for me it leads to some guilt like there's confusion and then this guilt which doesn't help anybody um and I think back to what Robin had said do you remember her language around it like Um, Because I think that was her reflection in the beginning of the pandemic that she was very much okay or like her whole business had moved online before everyone was forced to be online Mm -hmm. and something around, you know, good. Like if you are kind of that beacon or light for other people while they are experiencing darkness, like be like stand firmly in your okayness so that you can be there for other people or be that anchor Yes, she said, like, we need you. Yes. We need people that are okay. Yeah. So for all of us not in Texas right now, that's just something this morning that I'm thinking through. We have family in Texas, Mm -hmm. my in-laws and, mm -hmm. um, 
and they're all okay. We have dear friends there. And, yes. Um, and the people we love and know are okay. And then we're hearing about so many families that are so not okay and whole communities that have lived in literal darkness and cold all week. So it feels strange to record in our cozy makeshift podcasting studio. Yes. Mm-hmm. And those folks need people that are okay to come in and provide what they can yeah. or to donate if they have right. the money to donate. Yeah, we will link some donation resources. Yeah, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. There's some good ones going around. I know that maybe for many therapists in private practice specifically, there's this theme of abundance. Like most clinicians I know are full right now. Yes. There's a global mental health crisis. Yes. Um, so you're full and like business is good. Financially, things should be as full as you kind of want them to be for the most part. Yeah. Um, and there's so much loss and fatigue and, you know, people literally dying that you mm-hmm. may have been close with or the secondary losses of like remote learning or, you know, just the family conflicts and tensions that can happen, like the personal life losses. Yes. Um, and so that has been a strange thing to experience abundance right next to loss. Yes. It feels like normally that would not go together. And then this scarcity of the self-care and we had a whole episode about this like this scarcity feeling of I can't do what I normally did to get through Mm -hmm. but then there's an abundance of like I guess resources in some ways healthcare workers are getting bonuses as they should right now and they're flooded like their system is flooded and they're working harder than they ever have yes Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about community mental health and private practice being next to each other and like Mm -hmm. the tension and duality with that. Yeah. And how specifically speaking um, as somebody who sees kids and works um, at an agency in the department that sees children. uh, First of all, the association of play therapy just put in an article that there's not enough therapists to see kids right right now. And so that department is, I mean, it's a flood of kids coming in and in private practice, we get to say, I can't take anymore. I'm full. Yes. Like the privilege in making your own schedule. Yes. Yeah. And then there are some, I think it's some community mental health, there's wait lists. Mm-hmm. Um, the specific one that I'm thinking about, there isn't a wait list. And so everyone just keeps coming in. Mm-hmm. So there's this piece of being a therapist of, I can see my community's hurting. I want to help them. And I'm flooded. Yeah. And right. I can't give enough help. I can't give the right kind of help. I can't give the help I think that these people deserve. Mm-hmm. Something around enoughness, as mm-hmm. you're talking, like, when is it enough? When have we done enough? And that has to be it. I think it's easier when when things are not so flooding in our personal lives, too, to have clear boundaries at work. But when work is flooded, home life feels flooded, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it gets really blurry. Like how much is enough to pour into professionally into people? Yes. Um, And then if you don't have that control, if you have a supervisor who just keeps filling your caseload in community mental health or um, you're just being stretched thin and and budgets aren't increasing, so you just have to take on more, um, it's kind of stuck. I think that would lead to anybody feeling burned out and frantic or just checked out from the work. Like this detachment Mm -hmm. would have to happen, yeah. It's hard to know how to support, like as a supervisor, 
supervisees in that situation Mm -hmm. i can feel myself getting pulled into that helplessness and like wanting to rescue yeah there's nothing i can do but be with them there's not a ton of options right Mm -hmm. i'm thinking about the grief that clients have brought into uh, my office whether that's relationships that are ending or are on the fritz Mm -hmm. people that are close to them that have died financial strain and them needing you know less expensive therapy or they miss and you know really can't afford to be charged just no show fee right yes so i'm holding that and holding what i have to do for myself and the boundaries that have to come up Mm -hmm. around maintaining a practice so i can be able to continue seeing people yeah that's a hard thing to if someone no shows and it's not an emergency um, most of us in private practice could fill that spot Mm mm-hmm but we don't get paid if they don't come, right? So hence the cancellation fee. Yes. And it's like more important than ever that you know money is energy and we need energy to do the work. Yes. Um, and people are struggling financially or just like their own mental health, of course. Like it feels, I've had people miss because they just forget what day it is. Like the, mm-hmm. the rhythms of the week are not the same. Right. And so finding that line between how do we take care of our needs so we can sustain this. I really believe, I had someone tell me the other day, it's just gonna get worse before it gets better, Mm. the mental health crisis. Mm -hmm. And it made me sad because I thought, yeah, like people have not even processed last March. There's that really funny meme. I don't know what movie it's from, some 80s movie. Mm -hmm. My husband would know. And he's, there's this guy like, it says like me processing last March and he's like looking confused and then behind him comes another guy and they're like next March coming up you know because I just feel like we haven't how could we have processed last March it's an ongoing challenge that doesn't even make sense with what we know about trauma and too much too fast too soon yeah it's been all so much and we're just getting through and Parts of us are very okay, and then probably for many people, and I know for me, like part of me is not okay. This is not okay, not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Well, and the traumatic event isn't over. Exactly, yeah. And so I think it's gonna be, if you're listening and you're a student in mental health, um, we really need you to graduate like ASAP. <laughs> like, <laughs> our field really needs you. Um, and if you've thought about supervising, if you've been in the field for a little while, our field really needs you. Like we all really need each other right now. It feels like so important for good mentorship, good consultation, sound supervision in a grounded way. And to not get pulled into the chaos of clients is really hard when the world feels uncertain and chaotic. Absolutely. I just feel like tears kind of like welling up in my eyes as you're like kind of making this call to action. You know, like, we need you. (laughs) It's more desperation. Like, (laughs) we really need you. I feel the flooding of, like, I've never gotten so many calls for clients. And I don't have anywhere to refer them to. Yes. Like, and you and I frequently refer to each other. And I'm like, hey, just remember I'm full. And you're like, hey, just remember I'm full. I know. Yeah. And so, luckily, some of us have increased hours, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're maybe hiring and, right? But it's... It's hard to know, like we have limited capacity. So I wanna be all in and serve. I love this work, right? I think you resonate with that. Mm-hmm. And we have limited capacity. Has to be enough at some point. Yeah, and it feels so important to be 
remembering this and mm-hmm. because we were having this conversation as we we're kind of developing this training that we're going to be running mm-hmm. and it is the essence of mental health yes to have yeah. the and thank goodness for and <laughs> yeah, to be able to hold both these dualities uh, many people have heard we were curious uh, maybe someone knows where did this come from mm-hmm. the both and concept I wonder if it's McGill Christ. I don't know. Um, if someone knows, please tell us. <laughs> yes. We're happy to look it up as well. Yes. But like being able to hold two things to be true at the same time that don't feel like they go together, the paradox. So all the more important for us as therapists to be mm-hmm. practicing and holding and. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm imagining putting like an ampersand sign somewhere in my office. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because that is what we have to do to stay a step ahead of our clients to help them move to an and. I know, because if I begin to look at it, you know, so binary with someone who's struggling, I I can't even think of an example. Like, I have to help this person find a new job, right? Like case management, or they'll be destitute. Yes. Like it's too much pressure. I need to help them heal their trauma. We need to hurry up and get to processing and, Mm -hmm. or they're never going to figure this out. It's like, that's not, there's just hopelessness when we, it's fear-based when it's one. Mm -hmm. Feels like a threat in the nervous system. Yes. Mm -hmm. The and gives that, well, the ability first of all to reflect and then you get a choice. Mm -hmm. When we have a choice, then there's safety. Yeah. I was just talking to a supervisee about how, Um, When I'm, and we might've talked about this on the other episodes, actually, when I'm feeling really weary at any point in this field, because the thing is like, especially if you are in agency work or social worker, um, I think specifically working in like the trenches or grassroots kind of work, Mm -hmm. um, you're no stranger to burnout anyway. Right. Like forget the pandemic. Mm -hmm. We have these seasons as clinicians, like we already work with tough stuff, right? And Mm so um, whenever I would feel stuck, I would give myself the out mentally mm-hmm. like I could quit I could find a different job yes and it would just I could breathe a little more fully like I'm not stuck mm-hmm. um, I can go be a barista yes I don't actually want to be a barista yeah. my husband used to do that it's really <laughs> hard work um but a librarian or a botanist or whatever I'd start dreaming about doing yes I could do that I could make a whole new life if I wanted to um and I don't want to like I'm tired and I really love the work. The, it was bringing up and I don't have the other word for it, but I'll do the best I can to describe it. There is a colleague and dear friend of mine who recently took a training and it was talking about the difference between burnout and then there's this other type of burnout. And I can't think of the name for it, but I'll find it and I'll link it in the show notes. Like compassion fatigue? No. Hmm. The way I'll describe it though is, so burnout is... If you literally want to leave the field and become a barista or a librarian because you don't want to see the people Mm -hmm. that you're working with and doing the work, the other type of burnout is when you're working within a system or a setting where your values are clashing. Mm. And so you find that you're just exhausted and burnt out from this clash in values. Yeah. So there's both, right? There's burnout with clients and there's burnout Mm. with values. 
and I wish I could remember mm. what this other type of, but she was coming over and like our lunchtime and spending our 30 minutes kind I of talking that. about that. Yeah, but that gives a new perspective on even in this season, um, I'm so afraid that insurance is going to stop paying for telehealth mm-hmm. for the clients that need that or for the therapists that need that for safety reasons, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I've had that conversation with my telehealth clients, mm-hmm. um, kind of anticipating like if and when this happens. Um, and it's so, it conflicts with my values of making mental health care accessible yeah. in a effing pandemic. Like, I know. why in the world is this a thing, right? Mm-hmm. So that is a different kind of fatigue. It's like a systemic, I mean, there's a whole bunch that we could talk about there, but yeah, mm-hmm. a systemic fatigue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's even hard to talk about in this episode because it feels like such a downer. Like, I think before we were recording we're like okay what can we talk about and every topic just feels really solemn maybe but I don't know that feels I've I've talked to three people that I'm close with a therapist and this week has been heavy I think there's some implicit like body memory stuff going on with the pandemic being almost a year yeah I think that's a good point and it doesn't help that we're all really aware of what's happening in Texas yes right it just like adds to yeah this hopefulness that folks had regardless if they knew logically that right. 2021 I know was supposed to be better right and now it's not yeah and then there's these vaccines coming which is so hopeful maybe many of us have gotten them already or are in a wait list or mm-hmm. um, and it's like things are the same things feel the same yes and it's really confusing I think with Texas I have this experience um, being an observer to mm-hmm. what's going on, it feels like it mirrors and highlights all of the pandemic. Like I'm watching shit go down mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do other than like be grateful it's not happening in Colorado and feel guilty that I'm grateful and then not know how to help, right? And so yeah. it's kind of this strange thing to watch. And I do think that for those that are able, donating to the right organizations is important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, as usual, this brings up circle of security information for me. <laughs> I'm thinking about this part in circle of security where they're talking about the path to security mm-hmm. and they're saying good intentions do not create security. Yes. It's this ability to step back and reflect mm-hmm. that sh- there's research that shows parents who can reflect on their yeah. parenting have more secure kids. Yeah. And so I'm just curious how that just translates even in the therapy room as we're talking about this bringing in the and does that allow you to step back and reflect mm-hmm. and if you can step back and reflect how is that going to help you as a therapist be yeah. um, more present with your clients and support them and moving out of therapy yeah. and, and more into mental health right no I love that idea of kind of that pause and catch up with its mentalization it sounds like that yes. self-reflection mm-hmm. yeah yeah that does create security Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a great plug to know that we will be doing a topic on that. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you want to... It felt important to put an episode out because we want to check in on all of you and, and connect with you. And it does feel hard to have such a heavy episode. And I'm feeling the desire to wrap it up with a bow. Like, let me find something to make this look pretty when really, like, this is hard and we're in it together. And I have to keep coming back to that often. Yeah, I think I'm just going to put my hand on my heart 
mm-hmm. and invite like the listener to do yeah. that as well yeah as they say goodbye hmm. <laughs> What was that thing that they used? Was it like a sentence? The red rabbit went running or... I don't think it's an R's. It's like cow... Isn't it like a seek? No. I, I'm thinking of Will Ferrell. Yes, from Anchorman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, go ahead.